It's shake and bake, and I help. I met her at the Burger King. We fell in the machine. Hey, where's the meat? We have the meat. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. This is Heartburn Honeys with Jason and Stephanie and food. You ate it, Ralph. Howdy, 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 folks. We're here in Heavy D's kitchen. We're just not nothing, nothing f- like major food related today. We're just having pizza and salad, and a two liter of Diet Coke because you know it's family pizza time. Um, she's just shaking up the salad. Shake it up. Sing a Taylor Swift song? No. Um, I thought did. I was doing cars. The cars also did sh- shake it up. I think it was shake it up. Oh, I guess T Swift's was shake it off. Yeah, no. No, I was thinking I was thinking the cars. No, me and I've only heard Taylor Swift songs like Tangentially? Yes. Yeah, I think the music is kind of forgettable and bland. <laughs> um, it's not bad. It is just sort of background music to me. Mm-hmm. I listened to her new album and there was one song on it. It's how I feel about uh, Taylor Swift is usually when she releases something there will be one song on it I like. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's enough. Uh-huh. I think she's a decent songwriter though. But I always think like uh, I would prefer a different arrangement of almost every of her songs. Right. Nothing wrong with her voice. Her voice is fine. Yeah, I just... Not not my wheelhouse. Not my style. It's a little too neutral for me, and that's okay. But I also don't find anything sort of blatantly offensive or, or bad about it, you know? No, it's, you know... It's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was blatantly offensive, I'd probably like it more. Well, you know what I mean. Like, if she had something weird going on with her voice, or mm-hmm. that took you out of the music, maybe. But she doesn't. It's fine. It's okay. She's okay at a lot of things. She's okay. I. I mean, I feel. I feel like if if you told her that, like to her face, she'd take that as a personal insult. I would though. I mean, I'm also okay at some things and terrible at a lot of things and I'm aware of it. She doesn't need a random person pointing out to her that she's okay. Most people know. Uh. And hey, she's made a ton of money doing music, so who am I mm-hmm. to? Now, now, what you're good at is just hurting yourself in weird ways. Okay. <laughs> Listen. I've been on steroids since 2005. What do you want from me? (laughs) Um. Oh. Oh, oh, shit. Sorry. I was trying to get comfortable here and... Um... Oh, let's see. Oh, by the way, uh, word of warning, folks. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday right now, it looks like we'll have our annual 
our, our annual November tradition. Yes, I think this is uh, year four. Jason and I are shooting up live. Heartburn honeys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that. We haven't done that um, live. We haven't done that, period. I'm not even totally clear on which drugs you shoot up. I don't know either. Um, no, it's our November tradition of going to a local gas station, which is run by a, uh, local-ish, uh, grocery store, and getting our favorite Thanksgiving-themed salad, or sandwich, the Pilgrim. So we'll be talking about that on Wednesday. Um, so what's going on? I currently have an ice pack strapped to my back. <laughs> with a ninja turtle. With a ninja turtle? Like a ninja turtle. Mm. I might have overdid it on the lifting and twisting and bending this week. Mm-hmm. Because this morning, after I got out of the shower, I was bending and twisting to do some personal hygiene things. And, uh, I don't know, I think that tipped the apple cart, because a minute later when I tried to put on clothing, I felt a horrible ripping spasm fluttering up through my mm. upper right back slash shoulder area. That's not good. It was really intense. Like, can't breathe. Knock me down intense. Um, I think... I was like... I'm not going to the ER for this. This is embarrassing. So then I tried to stretch it out. And that was how I learned that raising my right arm. Don't do it. I think the moral of this story is never do personal hygiene. Um... I think it would have been fine, but I did push myself a lot this week. And I, I've been on steroids for a very long time, and those can sometimes make you susceptible to um, strains. I had um, I had a dentist appointment this week. I have to go back on Monday because I have a I have a cavity. You and Damien. <laughs> My it's it's really small. They say it shouldn't you know it won't take that long. They might not even need to drill much if it's that small. No. You know, just enough to give it texture for the what's it? Which stick. is, which is fine with me because you know I'm tired of having. Uh, I've had so many um, cavities and stuff mm -hmm. that are like so close to the nerve. Mm -hmm. When they get that low, I'm like, just you might as well just root canal it, right? Because <laughs> it's it, going to turn into a root canal next year anyway. It, it's at that point where I prefer the root canal mm -hmm. over. Rather than having it inflamed mm -hmm. under the filling. Because when they do a filling, it's only, you know, they use so much Novocaine just to, you know, dull, dull the tooth down. But when they do a root canal, I mean, they just, basically, they just make it so that, you know, you can get hit in the side of the head with a, 
you know, with a two by four, and you know, you're not going to feel it till the Novocaine wears off. I'm going to follow up mammogram on Monday. We're just like a bundle of old people complaints. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine. Everything's fine. But if you ever have anything, they've revised the mammogram guidance, which is good. But it is a pain in the ass. So if you have anything in your body, even if it's benign, those things can like explode and get real big over time and become real painful mm -hmm. and they can mask things behind them if they do that. So if you have anything in there, even if it's just like a cyst, they do follow-ups every six months for a while. Hmm. So I had my first mammogram when I turned 40 in March and we all knew I had fibroids. With the symptoms, we had a family history, came back, something unclear. I was like, but it's fibroids. Went back, had the ultrasound, had the second mammogram, it was fibroids. And I was like, great, I've had these forever. It's benign, so I'll see you next year. And they were like, no, no, every six months. And I was like, well, can I get it done at the breast center by my house, which is five minutes away? And they were like, no. You have to come all the way to this suburb that is like an hour from me. Ay, ay. The good news is if you get it done there, you get your results there while you're like on the table. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then I have to fight with my insurance over whether or not they're going to cover it. Mm -hmm. Because. Of course. They classify them two different ways. And one way they'll cover and one way they won't. So I'm just looking forward to a fight. <laughs> um. So mentally, I'm already like up to here about that. Because no, I know no. it's just going to. It's going to be a lot of hassle. I, by the way, I'm hoping, by the way, your flute is done on Tuesday and not on Wednesday. Mm. It'll be done when it's done. <laughs> how I remind myself. Mm-hmm. Because I take your, I took, took your flute in today. I thank the guy for being closed yesterday because I really was not <laughs> in the mood for going... Going to the music store. There is no easy way to get there. No. From either, <laughs> from either my house or work. Mm -mm. And it's a clear hour away from me. <laughs> it took me forty minutes to get here from from there. Well, wow, that wasn't bad. Um. It took me under seventy one. Off at 150th, take 150th up to 90. Maybe it'll be done Monday, because I'll already be in that quadrant of town. Hmm. Getting my titties squeezed. Let's hope. You know what, though? Like... Actually... Actually, I think when it's done, I think I'll call my... I think I'll message my brother and tell him, Hey, Eric, go, go pick it up, because... <laughs> He works right around the corner. I know, but I don't want to do that to Eric. He's got two new grandbabies. He's busy. <clears throat> yeah, my brother, who who is not the natural father of any child out there, has four grandkids now. 
Five? Chris had a daughter. Taylor, Taylor's at three. Yeah. And then Chris? Chris has one. Oh, is the other his stepdaughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not his. So Eric is a it's natural... Eric <laughs> Eric's na on a natural... An unnatural grandfather. Who would have thought? I love Eric and Michelle's story. They met in college. <laughs> and he really liked her. Thought she was super cute. So he did nothing. And she got married a couple times. Mm -hmm. Had a shit ton of kids. And then like 30 years later, they met up when she was divorced. Mm-hmm. And now they're together, and he's reaping the rewards of being a grandpa. Mm-hmm. That's what we call playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I didn't play the long game. Because we didn't know each other until a few years ago. Five, five years. I think it's been longer than that. I don't know. I don't actually know how long it's been. It was, um, let's see, 27, oh, it's going to be six years. Because uh, we started dating in January of 2017. That was our first date. So, yeah, it's going to be six years. How is it, and, and I'm not trying to get all, all sentimental and, and, you know, not trying to be all a hallmarky or anything. Well. But how, how does it feel like six months and 20 years at the same time? Well, it's because I'm a claw hammer of a woman. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, uh, compared to me, you were the Hallmark, you were Hallmark in human form. <laughs> like, if we're both unromantic, you are still, comparatively. I'm a Hallmark in human form. You're the romantic one of the two of us. I think that's good in a partner, though. Because you know the worst couples are always where they're both real, like, extreme about their love and they want everyone else to know about it, too. I would take a couple that sort of publicly hates each other over a couple that basically always needs a room. <laughs> I know that's wrong. I know. But if you're always telling me and everyone around you how lucky you are and how, you know, great the sex is or whatever, what are you hiding? Like, why? Oh, I know. Like, what else is going on there? Like, we don't do... If you follow us on Facebook, either one of us on Facebook, we rarely post the couple photo, you know, the no. couple selfie. We are not that couple. Usually it's one of us doing something stupid or ridiculous. You know, I, I get that it's nice to see that people love each other. Mm -hmm. I guess I shouldn't be so cynical about... But I'm not, because every time I see somebody say, I'm the luckiest man alive, I love my wife or girlfriend or whatever, my first thought going through my head is, what'd you do? Mine is way to establish an alibi. Mm. 
it's like, what did you get caught doing? Or what did you buy? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're the opposite. Like today, I sent you something that I thought was kind of sweet and romantic. And your response to it was, don't do any crimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was sharing a lovely story. I know you too well. It was a, it was, that was a lovely story. It was. But don't do any crimes. Oh my god. <laughs> um. I always like when people um, who aren't super demonstrative on social media will share like, you know, it's our 25th anniversary and then you see a photo of them from 25 years ago and because you haven't seen 70,000 photos, it is more cool and sweet and interesting mm -hmm. to be like, look at you, where you started, how it's going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more sweet because there's more mystery to it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you crazy kids do it? Oh, you don't put every moment of your lives online. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, I tweet a lot, so I am being a bit of a hypocrite, but... Oh, I tweet. Oh, well, for now, till, till, till the, till Twitter finally, you know, crashes and burns. In a completely destructive manner. So I was watching this uh, TikTok yesterday, mm -hmm. and it was a woman saying that anytime she dates someone or her friends date someone, basically she will social media stalk them until the end of time, and. We all know that you can do this, so if you leave all your stuff open, you can't be mad about it. And I agree with her there. Mm -hmm. It's 2022. If you don't want people looking at your stuff, you're going to lock it down. And she was telling a story about how her longtime ex-boyfriend had dumped her for this woman. And she kept trying to follow up on the woman, and the woman finally locked her account. Mm -hmm. It was like, relationship, private. Mm -hmm. And then she unlocked it briefly to show that she had gotten engaged and then locked it again. <laughs> it was a deliberate choice to be like, I know people are social media stalking me. Here you go. <laughs> and it was such a relatable story of what you choose to share and what you don't about your relationship and why. Mm -hmm. I really identified with it from both perspectives. From the person who always wants to know the dirt, but then who will also judge you a little for the dirt. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not an oversharer, really. Like, on Facebook, I barely post anything. Uh, anymore, you, my, my regular posts are now just from my bench. Playing with, playing with Arduinos and, and motors and stuff, because, you know, that's what I'm okay sharing. I use Facebook for banned and church stuff because mm -hmm. most of the people on Facebook are banned and church people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of my cousins and aunts and uncles use it, so it is a good way for, like, right. to stay in touch with family. Twitter's where it gets weird, though. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so speaking of that, here's this person. Twitter, Twitter being weird. There's this person in our live tweet group. And she and I, over the last, like, two years, have discovered we have some bizarre things in common. We just have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. 
and she's in Ohio so I just thought this was like basic Midwest ladies being basic mm -hmm. but yesterday I thought well Twitter does go down how are we gonna keep doing our live tweet stuff that's fun some of the groups have Instagrams, some might do a Discord. Let me share my contact information so we can all stay in touch if something happens. So I put it out there and she requested to follow me on Instagram and I of course approved. And a second later, a second after she said I sent you a request, she said, hey, is this the church you go to? And I was like, yeah. No, she's on the completely other side of the state. Mm -hmm. Do you know this church somehow? So it turns out she camp counsels at this denominational camp because mm. she is also a church musician, mm -hmm. must be same denomination, uh, with someone that I have known for 35 years and who I interact with almost mm. every day, mm -hmm. like texting oh, yeah. constantly, emailing, uh -huh. sometimes we deep brunch, like we we do church work together and mm -hmm. I like her, she's a nice lady. So, yeah, it turns out we we have this mutual friend in common, and this mutual uh, place in common. Um, <laughs> we were both just so floored by. Mm -hmm. And you know who else that happened with? Mandy. Mm. Knowing her online for 20 years, and then finding out my brother married her, like, best friend. <laughs> so that is now twice in my life that's happened. Oh, and, um... Patrick, mm -hmm. he and I share a friend from a, like a theater group. Hmm. That's one of the things that's cool about social media is you see how small the world is and you've got these overlapping friends and interests. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how the hell do you know this person? Um, by the way, uh, speaking of the, the last person you mentioned, um, if you're listening to this, you're looking for something something to cure like Monday evening boredom. <laughs> uh, hop on Twitch TV, uh, Ecto5, E-C-T-O-F-I-V-E, on Twitch. And uh, he does Bad Movie Mondays. And let me tell you, some of these are really bad. They're so fun, though. Oh, I know. I mean, bad movies are awesome. Uh it depends on the on the badness. Mm-hmm. But when you go in with such low expectations, it's it's a special treat. Um, he did oh, through October. He did bad horror movies, or you know, bad Halloween themed movies, and oh man, he he did the Son of the Mask. I fell asleep for that one. Oh my god, that, that movie is horrible. I was, uh... Oh, was that the category, uh, unnecessary sequels? Unnecessary comedy yes, sequels? Yes, yeah. And let me tell you, Son of the Mask is very unnecessary. A lot of movies from that time don't stand up in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. And it's fine when it's like, there's a thing and it's like, we know now and we do better. But sometimes, mm. even at the time, they didn't stand mm. up. And um, we knew at the time it was bad, and they still did it. Oh, uh, so. What was the one we vetoed? Uh, oh, that was... Willie Nelson, a... Southern People. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Dukes of Hazard. Yes, Dukes of Hazard 2. Oh, yeah, 2. 
We got about three minutes into it and everyone vetoed it. Oh, yeah. If you've made it through. It's like, Willi Willie, Willie Nelson makes everything better except that. He was in another terrible movie with Jessica Simpson uh, about some woman in New York City trying to get her career going. You know, some kind of, you know, typical terrible early 2000s movie. Mm-hmm. Also awful. And yet he was a delight on King of the Hill. He's apparently just a delight. He's, a, he's yeah. like supposed to be like just the most laid back. I mean, of course he is. Um, <laughs> just supposed to be one of the nice guys out there. Um, if you ever get a chance, watch Ken Burns' uh, country music documentary. It's great. And Will, Willie Nelson explains, you know, what happened. Because he didn't like the rules in Nashville. And they didn't know what to do with him. So he just went back to Austin and, you know, did his thing. Oh, I didn't realize he was from Austin. Oh, yeah. That he owns a bar there. That actually kind of explains a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Why he's super country, but still super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he owns a bar in, in uh, Austin, and another band that I like, uh, Super Suckers, they did a country album called Must Have Been High, and for the title track, they got, they got Willie Nelson to sing the chorus of the song from his bar in Aww. in Austin. He did it over the phone. By the way, another great album right there. Super I, Suckers must have been high. I like a lot of country. Mm -hmm. I used to think I didn't, and then I realized it was what I hate is top 40 country. Oh, yeah. But country is huge. Mm-hmm. And I also like when a more mainstream artist does a country album. I always think that's a fun change of sound. I saw this uh, Beatles cover group called Rain hmm. at Playhouse. It was actually very cool because what they have are sign language interpreters. So if you've got some hearing disability, they uh, are also dancing while they're signing. So it mm -hmm. adds to the experience. This is the first time I think I'd ever seen that outside of like a rap concert. Mm. Oddly, another place where you frequently see sign language music interpreters. <laughs> but they did some country stuff that the Beatles had done that you never heard on the radio. It wasn't selling at the time, or mm -hmm. who knows. But if you're only listening to radio country, you are losing out. Although I guess no one listens to radio anymore, really, so... Unless you're forced to. Um, but yeah, you might think, I don't like country because I listened to the radio in the 90s and I hated it. I didn't, like, I always knew I liked some country. And then I watched uh, the Ken Burns documentary and I didn't realize how much country I really like. Because, I mean, this starts from back in the, oh, back in the 1920s, in, you know, the days of race music, as it was called. 
And it goes through like a lot of the, yeah, we want, we, we want white people to sing black music, but they have to look like, you know, some interpretation of black people. And it's like, I'm sitting there watching that and I'm thinking to myself, people in the 1920s are stupid. People went way out of their way to be racist assholes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they made, there were a lot of steps involved in that. Mm-hmm. And then, so, Ken Burns is, it, if you're familiar with Ken Burns documentaries, they are dense. Like, there is so much going on. And at one point, he starts talking about this quote-unquote, doctor who used to, as a uh, male enhancement uh, therapy, used to sew goat testicles to men's testicles. And you're wondering why he's going through this, and it turns out because this guy ends up owning a radio station, uh, just inside the Mexico border, a 500,000-watt radio station. I know about this guy, either from Behind the Bastards or from a podcast called Maintenance Phase. One of those two podcasts. I remember yes. learning about this guy. But yeah, he he owned a radio station. A 500,000-watt radio station. What would you do with that? Oh, I would use it for so many pranks. Um, well, he used it for broadcasting country music. Uh, and he actually got the... He was the one who got the uh, Carter family. And, yeah, the Carter... Yeah, the Carter family uh, went there and was basically their, you know, the exclusive... Uh, you know, the exclusive uh, artist for the for the radio station. I can't remember the call letters. Remember, <coughs> I still some, like, sweet, old-timey country music, and at the end of every third song, you hear an advertisement for getting some goat scrotum sewn onto your own scrotum. <laughs> scrot grafting. Goat scrot. The goat scrot and boogie. <laughs> But yeah, that's you know, and that's, that's our how. Title. That's how. That that's really how how. A lot of these country stations began because uh, Nashville's big station is still around. You know, it it started up in like the nineteen thirties, and it's still around today. Um. So yeah. That's a little, well, that's a, that, that's a little uh, uh, tangent for you. So I hope you're not eating while you're listening to this because, you know, goat scrot is just not appetizing. Where we started. <laughs> judging other people who put all their relationship stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Where we ended up. Goat scrot. Goat scrot. <laughs> so. You could argue that putting all our relationship stuff in a podcast is actually worse because people mm-hmm. have to listen to it as the thoughts come out of our brains mm-hmm. with no filter whatsoever. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know, yeah, we're fun. Please judge us because we judge others. And this is us giving back to the community mm-hmm. of judgment and rubbernecking. 
consider so. this our, our gift to you. Uh, so, <laughs> Steph, anything else? Um, so Patrick and I started, but have temporarily paused because of his new work schedule, um, a new thing. We're on his Twitch stream, Ecto-5. He got these Murder, She Wrote computer games. Mm-hmm. Where you solve puzzles, which are basically like find an object puzzles, sometimes some other fun puzzles, and you use those clues to solve a crime. And so he's got a whole series of them that we're going to go through together, and we, uh, that's kind of fun. We we can get into that, but not you know not not now. Um, maybe maybe on Wednesday we'll you know we'll oh, talk about the murder she wrote. Oh, I don't want to get into it. I just mentioning but, that that's a thing that's happening. So if you see us retweeting it, that's mm-hmm. what's going on there. Yeah, so hey, join join them for that. That's that's fun too because you get Patrick playing the game and Steph dropping the dropping the murder she wrote knowledge. The He's Jay Fletch intelligence. Never seen an episode, so I told him about murder she drank and maybe he'll join us so he can uh, <laughs> learn some things. I also like that during the first time we did it, he was drinking a four loco, which I didn't know they still made. <laughs> And so the puzzles were getting progressively harder to solve because he'd had an entire can of four logo. <laughs> I heard. I heard. Uh, I, I heard Angela Lansbury was big into the four logo. Oh yeah, when I think Angie Lands, I think I heard just like putting, <laughs> putting a straw in it so she doesn't mess up her yes, lipstick. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, folks. Uh, yeah. So I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, we've been going for thirty-three minutes, and I don't edit, so. Um. Steph, uh, do you want people to find you? No. Okay, me neither. Bye. Uh, happy snacking, everyone. <laughs> what are your taters? <laughs>